that gun, boy. You got you a blog. Microphone. Emotions got the best of me, like damn I should've known You get what you put in, I'm giving it my all I want it all right now, so I'm not trying to stall The mixtape trying to drop and I'm trying to make it happen But sometimes you gotta stop because your money isn't stacking And my mind's drawing a blank like the checks that I receive And I could come up with these lines like these dudes wouldn't believe What's up everybody, welcome back to the show, it is Saturday, February 20th, 2016. Welcome back. Got special guest Isaac calling in from NorCal. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, halftime of this Warriors game, so I thought I'd take a break and record a, a quick cast. You watching the game? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, my Clippers are losing, but what are you going to do? You, you have faith they're going to come back? Um, actually, I do not. <laughs> I mean, Yandy Jordan looks like crap. He's once for four. Getting outplayed by um, Draymond. So. Yeah. You know, last time we talked, you had uh, an idea for a segment for the show, and I really liked it. Uh, basically, will the Warriors lose this week? And uh, mm-hmm. in there, you know, in the in the hunt for the streak to catch the 96 uh, Bulls, but unfortunately they lost uh, last night. What did you think of that game? Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised, but it looks like it looked like um, Damian Lillard just went off. What was it, 51 points? 51 points. And uh, you know, maybe the Warriors had a little All Star break, festivities. Right, and, you know, a little hangover. Sure, and they they did have three people, you know, um, participating in All Star Weekend, and that can lead to a hangover, whether it's too much celebrating or just getting out of you know the rhythm of the the season's games. So, you know, but they're still on pace. They they still might get the record. Do you think they're gonna get it? I I think they're at least gonna tie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Jimmy too, for sure. We'll see. I mean, without if they, if they stay healthy, avoid injuries, yeah, they have a good shot. I agree. I agree. Super fun to watch. Um, Damian Lillard, I think maybe because he was snubbed. I mean, Kobe Bryant, who really didn't deserve to be in the All-Star game, got voted in by the fans, obviously, because it's his last mm-hmm. year. And... I think Damian might have been playing with the extra chip on his shoulder, like, hey, you guys overlooked me. I should have been playing in the All-Star game. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Too bad his team's not doing that well. I, I think that might be one of the main things. Yeah. But um, beside the uh, Golden State Warriors, I, I would say that the, um, the uh, Trailblazers have the best backcourt in the league. Would you agree with that? Or the highest scoring. I don't know about the most talented. High scoring, yeah. So. No, come on. We have. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. So, I mean, we're talking about basketball a little bit, but we really haven't recorded anything since the Super Bowl. 
we made our uh, we made our predictions a couple weeks ago, and um, we all saw how that unfolded. Peyton got himself a second ring, and uh, the sheriff, as they say, got to ride out in the sunset victorious. What were your uh, thoughts on the on Super Bowl Fifty? I thought it was a how I predicted it—a low-scoring game, and um, Denver's defense just grinded it out. Uh, Wade Phillips had the master plan how to defeat the Panthers' offense. I mean. Cam Newton looked like he was just lost, just pressured after pressured after pressure. But um, that's yeah, like I said, that's what I expected. They did it to Brady, they did it to Big Ben, and um, yeah, completed it with um, Cam. You you called it. Yeah, exactly. you called it. Um, you know, I kind of thought that your prediction was based on the fact that you you love the underdog. You know, given opportunity you're going to pick the team that most people are not picking. So in this case, mm-hmm. I feel like America was really on the Panthers bandwagon. Um, Cam obviously had an amazing season and he was kind of the, the people's champion. Um, but Denver, somebody pointed this out. I thought it was a very good observation. The Panthers did not see a defense of that caliber all season, especially being in, you know, uh-huh. A, a lesser uh, division, so this was kind of a shock to their system. You know, would would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I would agree, and I also would say that they did a formula that uh, the Falcons did a few weeks before when the um, Panthers lost their first game, uh-huh. and they saw how how effective it was to just pressure them, um, blitz like delayed blitz and up the middle. Uh, how it rattled Cam. So I think Wade Phillips really studied that that uh, take to that game and ran with it. And he you know, has a way better defense than Atlanta. So yeah, it definitely worked in their favor. Now, what do you? I know the season just ended, and we've got off season and trades and everything ahead of us. But do you see Denver making a run next year? Either with Peyton coming back or with Brock running the team? No, I actually don't even think they're going to win their their division. Or their, yeah, yeah. Their division. Well, I think the Chiefs are going to be better than them wow. next year. But what's going to change? I mean, they're still going to have that, that number one defense, right? Yeah, but I think the Chiefs look really good. I think their defense might even be better next year. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Eric Berry's going to be back. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but I, just, I really like the Chiefs next year. So Peyton's done, right? He's going to retire. I don't think so, actually. You think he's going to be a, a Bronco? He's going to be a Ram? What, what's he going to do? Uh, I think, I don't know, actually, but I don't think he's done playing football. Wow. Don't you think he would have said he needs something by now? And they're going to, I think it's March 2nd. He has to say if he's there or not. So really, it's messing with the Broncos' front office. Well, there was something. Came out and said. There was something at the end of the Super Bowl 
Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but one of the things Peyton said when he was on the field was that his plans, you know, in addition to going to Disneyland and all that, that he was going to be drinking a bunch of Budweiser. Did you hear him say that? Oh, yes, I did. Uh-huh. Now, some people were kind of curious, you know, why is Peyton Manning saying that he's going to drink Budweiser when obviously he can afford whatever craft microbrew he wants, but he said Budweiser. And that struck me as interesting because, you know, Budweiser and sports kind of go hand in hand. And isn't it against the league rules for a current player to endorse an alcoholic beverage? Isn't that a rule? That is a rule. Yes, that is correct. So could that have been a a wink and a nod, a tongue and a cheek, a clever way of Peyton saying that he's done? Maybe he knew that there was all these prop bets about whether or not he was going to announce his retirement, so he he did announce it without announcing it. Just a little theory I have. Yeah. Okay. I like where you're going with this. Now, speaking of the prop bets, we, we did touch on some of the, um, the prop bets that we liked. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the coin toss was one. Tails never fails. You called that one. Now, one that I was extremely confident about, and I actually tweeted this out, was Lady Gaga's National Anthem. Mm -hmm. I did some research. I found her online singing the National Anthem at a different event. I timed it, and it was definitely over 2 minutes and 20 seconds. And I timed the Super Bowl. you did that much research? I did. I did. And, and and I timed it wow. during the game. I sat there with my stopwatch, and it was over, man. It was over. And according to some of the websites, uh, they said that it was under. Can you explain why that happened, how that happened? Look, I heard there's some controversy about this. Was there, did she say the extra brave? Right. She did Home of the Brave. And then she kind of went up a note and said, Home of the Brave again. So. Is the fish o'clock after the first Brave? That's what they're claiming, but it's a song. So when the first note plays, there's music. And when the last note ends, that's the end of the song, right? I think they cheated, man. Right. I heard there was this one website that uh, they gave the players the money back. Yeah. On that bet. As they so should. There's, there's, yeah, a big discrepancy. I, I cry I cry foul on that. You know, and for every time I've lost a bet by a point or a half a point or whatever, you know, the prop bets, in my opinion, are more for fun than anything, but people had real money on the line. And for whatever reason yeah. they picked one way or the other, they deserve to be treated fairly. So I'm glad that at least one website is ponying up and, and paying them back. Got him with that double brave. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe she had a little side bet going. Who knows? <laughs> um, and then the, the MVP of the Super Bowl was Von Miller. Did I call that? You called it. You nailed I it. it. You nailed it. Yeah, 
What did you think of his performance? Man, what a game. Oh, my God. What a game. I mean, he was just on Cam Newton all night. Um, the one strip fumble just changed the whole game. Yeah. True. Now, is that the one Is that the one where, where Cam was kind of not really going for it? He didn't jump on the ground to get the ball? Is that the one you're talking about? I don't know. The first one for the touchdown, right? Oh, okay. Was it? Yeah, I think so. The the one that I'm thinking about, um, I believe it was the fourth quarter, and the Cam was um, in the throwing motion and was stripped, and the ball was a few feet in front of him, and there was a, a, a scrum, and he he kind of lunged like he was about to dive, but then he backed up and he didn't. Do you remember that play? Yes, I do. So there was a lot of controversy around that, saying Cam didn't give his full effort. Uh, he wasn't being a professional. He should have sacrificed his body. What are your thoughts on that situation? Um, you gotta go for that ball, man. Gotta go for like, it. I understand there's there's you know risk of injury, blah blah blah. But man, you're a professional. That's what you do. You get the ball back. Especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So one score game. Possession of the ball is the most important thing in a football game, right? Right. Now, in a in a press conference, he did address it, um, and he said something to the effect of his his leg would have been tweaked a certain way, or a, another player had had possession of the ball. It, it really didn't make sense what he was saying. It, it did kind of sound like an excuse. Um, but in, in his defense, you know, watching the replay over and over again, it seemed like where he's tall, he's six foot five, the ball, if you would have fall down, it seemed like maybe his waist would have been near the ball and near one of his teammates heads. So I'm not really sure that he would have been able to get the ball anyway. But that being said, you got to show effort. You got to show effort, you know. Yeah. There's no denying that. So I, I hated to see him lose one since I picked the Panthers. And I hated to see everybody really giving him a hard time about being a, a sore loser. You know, a lot of his detractors have a lot of ammunition after his, you know, walking out of the press conference. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Also, what do you think about his gold shoes and his MVP written with MVP on it? Like, do you think that leading up to the Super Bowl, he's like, oh, I already got there. I, I made it to the championship. I'm here, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, I felt he already won it in his mind. Right. Was and he wasn't shoes, really focused on the Super Bowl. Was he wearing those shoes, like, during media day before the Super Bowl? No, on the day of the game. On the day of the game? Oh. Okay. Like, in the warm-ups. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's two sides to that coin. Um, you know, in the mind of a champion, like basketball, you got to see the ball going through the hoop. In football, you got to picture, you know, the completion before it happens. So he was confident, but I would say to a fault, you know. I remember specifically they cut to Peyton Manning when they were talking about um, previous Super Bowl MVPs. He was drinking his Gatorade, which was yellow. Uh, and he was just focused, 
he was in deep meditation, whereas Cam was, you know, having fun, listening to music, being very loose. And while that is his M.O., that's his personality, it did seem like he wasn't in the moment. He wasn't prepared. He wasn't taking it as serious as he should. Um, but he's a young quarterback, and I, I definitely think that he'll be back, and it's a learning experience for him. Um, but I, I hate how people were like, I told you so. You know what I mean? Because if you think back to when Peyton lost his first Super Bowl, he had a similar reaction after the game. He did not shake hands with the quarterback uh, when he was with the, with the Colts and they lost the Super Bowl. He walked straight down to the tunnel. He didn't, you know, spend time with his teammates. I don't remember what the press conference was, but he showed a lack of sportsmanship in the moment. He was a sore loser as well. Um, I think that's to be expected, you know, if you lose the biggest game of your life. You know? No, I definitely agree. I mean, I don't know what... I think media press conferences are the most ridiculous thing ever created. Right. Like, you're bringing all these people up to a, pe- to a panel that they don't care about being there. Right. You know, and you say the same generic answers all the time. Like, what's the point of a press conference? When you're just scripted answers. Totally. What kind of insider are they looking for? They're just trying to look for someone to go off the script and then just go off on, you know, write about that. You're looking for a soundbite. Um, I think that Beast Mode was the best with the media of recent years. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I, I love how he handled it. Right? I, I loved it, and you know, it's it's in their contract with the team and with the league that they'll make themselves available for a certain amount of time for media days, for press conferences, you know, following a game, win or lose, so you know what you're signing up for, but like you said, it's the same answers, they're generic, you know, uh, it's all about the team, uh, gotta give it 100%, uh, we'll get him next time. I'll, I'm just focused on the, what I got to do, and you can basically predict what they're gonna say. You know, so, oh, unless somebody is super emotional and like cursing and acting a fool, it, there's no point of watching it. Now, yeah. <laughs> And, and um, going to basketball, you know, Popovich, he's notorious for not wanting to deal with the media, giving one-word answers, being super short-tempered with them. And he's more or less loved for that behavior. You know, people don't say, oh, he's unprofessional and, and he doesn't, he needs to learn how to deal with the media. No, people love it. They, they want to see how Pop is going to kind of not trash the media but put them in their place 
and they're they're friends, you know, behind the scenes. But during the game, he's just focused on his players, on his strategy. And I noticed that your squad, the Warriors, Steve Kerr is starting to uh, manifest that behavior as well. Have you noticed that? Yeah. One one word answer, super short, get to the point. I'm not cracking jokes with you. Let me get back to the sidelines. I, I love it. I think that shows good dedication to your team. And you're not worried about your persona. You're worried about the W. Yup. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, so what else is new with you? Oh, can we go? Can we talk about this little two-point conversion? Oh, oh, why'd you bring it up? Can we oh. say it online? Can we say it online? Of course. Let's talk about it. We gotta talk about it, man. We gotta talk about it. So, what was the situation? What what was the what was the score when they got the touchdown? Denver was up. Ah, was it? 22 to 10, right? It was 22 to 10. Broncos were up. Uh, fourth quarter, right? And, yeah, and because they're up by 12, you go for two. That way you make it a two-score game. You're up 14. Um, yeah. The game was pretty much out of reach. Uh, it makes sense from a strategy point of view. I understand that. But... Both defenses were locking each other down, and I thought, no way are they going to complete this two-point conversion. No way are they going to do it. And they did. Mm -hmm. And that was very costly for us because we had a square. (laughs) And our square was two for the Denver Broncos and zero for the Panthers. So 22 to 10 would have won $2,600. Close my eyes and all I can see is that money, 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 money. A list of things that my people need, but first is money, 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 money. It still, it still hurts. You were, you were, you were aware of the point. I was very much aware. I was highlighting and and making notes and looking at my my uh, squares the whole time. I thought to myself, I can't believe that this is actually possible because in my mind, the Panthers should have been up by two scores, not down by two scores. So the fact that they're down, but there's still a possibility for me to win this square, I was kind of in disbelief. And then when I saw, you know, after you get a touchdown, you kick the point after and that's one point. So it would have been 23. And then when I realized, I did the math in my head, like, oh, wait, they're up 12. They could be up 14. They're going to go for two. I was ecstatic. I was stoked because I knew they weren't going to complete it. I knew he wasn't. So I was already counting money in my head. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, I didn't know. You texted text me and like, I can't believe that just happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, we had the square. We could have won. We had the square. Oh. We had the square. And the funny thing is, a similar thing happened to me last year. Um, you know, the best squares, people maybe don't know how squares work. So it's kind of like a, a bingo board. Um, so you got zero through nine on one side and then zero through nine on the other side with the home team and the visiting team on either end. 
And so at the end of each quarter, you look at the score, and let's say your square is you have zero seven. So if if Denver has seven points and the Panthers have zero points at the end of one, then you win that square. And every quarter it changes. And it's random. It's it's just a game of, of luck. There's no skill to it. Um, but it's a fun way to to follow along and you've got some skin in the game. You know, you're excited and anticipating every score, even if you're not a, a, a gambler per se. So, have you played squares before? Oh, yeah. I play them every year. Actually, I had a guy in high school. He would do Monday Night Football. Yeah. And it would be $10. $10 a square? And I would win $50 every Tuesday morning <laughs> in school. How would you win every time? Huh? Is it because you would buy more than one square? How, how would you ensure your victory? Huh. I would pick the same. I would pick the same square every week, and it always hit. It was the weirdest thing. Which one? And there's this one week that it just won. Yeah, this one week I didn't pick the square, and it hit again. <laughs> but yeah, my little buddy, my buddy used to roll around school with a, um, a clipboard. Yeah. And he'll he'll put his um his schoolwork on top, but on the bottom he had like squares. I love it. hand it out to people and stuff. I love it. <laughs> now I don't know how your buddy did squares, but ours is a is a random draw. So it sounds like you got to pick the number that you wanted. No, it was it was still a random draw. Oh, okay. After you picked, yeah, I just, yeah. Oh, got you, got you. You would pick the location, and then wherever the number the fell, the number would fall. Got you, got you. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. It would hit all the time. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play again next year, though. It's it's super fun. It just adds another layer of excitement to the game. Mm-hmm. Yep, so football is over. I officially have the Super Bowl hangover. And uh, until next year. Until next year. But it's about to be March Madness. Yep. Do you have any uh, picks or predictions for college basketball? My my pick changes every single week. There'll be a team that thinks just super hot, they're winning, and all of a sudden they go on a two-game losing streak. Right. No one's consistent this year at all. It's so true. But the team that's looking the best right now, and they have the um, experience and the depth is Kansas. Right. What Perry Ellis is doing this year is, is amazing, you know? A fourth-year senior stayed at school, and yeah, he looks like he's ready to to bring another championship to Kansas. When was the last time that um, Kansas won the championship? Um, remember Super Mario Chalmers? Okay. Shot? Okay. That was what? Two thousand. Probably what seven, eight years ago. Okay. Pretty recent. I don't remember the year, but yeah, I mean, Kansas is, they're, they're a premier program. They're always, at least in the tournament, you know, if not going, making a deep run. Um, but yeah, I mean, you should hear the announcers. They don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh, Villanova, they're looking like uh, they could win it all. Oh, North Carolina is definitely the, the number one team in the country. 
oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Oklahoma was for majority of the year my, yeah. um, my pick, but I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> now, tonight, um, you pointed out Ben Simmons, um, likely the player of the year over at LSU, did not get the start um, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, seemed like he was being disciplined uh, for something because mm-hmm. um, he was not injured. Um, but after watching him play and then watching Buddy Heald from Oklahoma play in the same day, I'm not sure that Ben Simmons is the player of the year. Buddy seems better. What do you think? I would agree with that. I would say he will be the best NBA player. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I can I could see you building a franchise around him. Right. Yeah, I he definitely... probably the best. Wait, wait, wait. You're, right. saying, you're saying Ben is, is the better NBA player? Simmons. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I was... Right. I just I was gonna disagree with you on that. Okay. Buddy seems more he seems more athletic. Um, his his side to side quickness seems a little more superior. Um, ben, there it's not the same position, but who is the dude from UCLA that's now on the Spurs? Um, lighter skinned dude, Kyle somebody. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's a point guard um, for the Bruins, and he got the start for the Spurs when they played um, the Clippers the other day uh, because of Ginobili's injury. But he seems to kind of play in slow motion. That's the best way I can describe it. He just doesn't – he's smart. He can see the floor, and he makes great plays, but he doesn't have explosive quickness. That's the best way well, I can say. I, like, I like for me, that's like a Paul Pierce. It's fluid, or like Harden. Yeah. It's very like the way they play. It looks effortless, so it doesn't seem that it's really fast and like shifty. Right. But they get to their spots pretty easily. Right. With very little effort. I can see that. And I think. His outside play, his passing, I just think Benson is just an all-around player. I think he could play probably four positions in the NBA. Yeah. From point guard all the way to four. That's true. Now, who, if you were, um, who's the worst team right now? The Philadelphia 76ers? If you were looking at having the number one or number two pick for the upcoming draft... Who are you scouting the hardest right now? Who are you looking at drafting? Um, I think it has to be Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you should think for him. And he's from... That's like a suck for luck. <laughs> a what? That's like, remember, suck for luck? Oh, right, right, right. For Andrew Luck. <laughs> Tank for bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, he's from uh, Australia. Is that correct? Correct. I think, yeah. 
it seems to me that the international players are more consistently and predictably talented and have a more well-rounded skill set than the American players that come up through the NCAA system traditionally. Um, that seems to be a, a trend recently. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that? Yeah. I believe that when, you, when you're raised in a different country and you play on the national team, you're used to being part of a team and part of a system. What's right. happening in USA is that everyone's playing all these AAU teams. Right. And to make it, you have to, like, show big numbers and stuff. Right. So you're he going up, shooting up 40 shots, getting 30 points so that scouts could see you. Right. So it's a more of a me-type me basketball, which once you get to the NBA, you can't really translate that me style anymore. That hero ball. Yeah. That makes sense. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, man. I hate AAU basketball. Do you? It ruins kids. Yeah. What's the answer? It really does. I don't know. I mean, I would like if all these, all these scouts and people paying these kids and shoe companies get out of it and let it be... <laughs> regular basketball but you have these kids playing on teams states away <laughs> you know right. flying every weekend to play AAU basketball it shouldn't be like that right now you know you mentioned the the agents and you know the hoopla surrounding the player and I I just watched um, the USC Trojans football documentary the 30 for 30 and they talked about uh-huh. Reggie Bush, you know, the scandal where his his mother and his father-in-law were living in a house that um, an agent had bought. And so everybody knows a story of mm-hmm. USC being stripped of their of their wins um, from the 2005 season. Um, but it kind of has a parallel to what you're talking about. You know, these kids who grow up playing AAU ball, uh, trying to get a scholarship, trying to get to the league. Um, couldn't the NCAA pretty easily and quickly make a rule change that would prevent a lot of this from happening? I mean, just take care of these kids now. They're making your university money. They should get some type of consideration so they're not as desperate. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of solution could we propose to them? I wouldn't be surprised in the next 20 years that you'll see NCAA players be paid. Yeah. Or even if they just get it out, let's be for real. They're not, what's the term they say? Scholar, athletes, blah, blah, blah. Right. They're not. (laughs) They're making your, your, your school millions of dollars. Like, let's make Let's just say that they're minor leagues. Right. Something. You know, like a minor league Because as it is now, they can't even profit from their own jersey, their own likeness. They mm-hmm. have to be completely, quote-unquote, amateurs, which is a farce. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Uh, you pointed out earlier um, the West Virginia University coach, Bob Huggins. He, he seems like he doesn't really um, play into that myth. They just do sports and they don't care about class. Isn't that what you were saying earlier? Yeah, yeah I think he had three years in a row with a 0% graduation rate. Unbelievable. And what is the rule now? Um, it's it's one and done, so you don't have to stay any number of years in college, right? You can basically declare for the draft at any time. Yeah. So, um, who was it? Bill Simmons, he proposed uh, an idea. I think it was something to the effect of make them stay for two years and – for that second year, you know, either give them, you know, vouchers for housing, um, a stipend per diem, some type of living expenses, or if they do want to declare for the draft after that first year, then the university would lose a scholarship. So it would kind of promote more player development and keep them in college for at least one more year. Um, which I think is okay. is interesting. You know, I don't know if it's a solution, um, but I think it could be a step mm-hmm. in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. I uh, yeah. No, something needs to be done. I mean, these kids are just—they're getting used. 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 Is a, used. Is a nice word to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think of that South Park <laughs> episode with the with the crack baby basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how to make a smooth transition into this, but, you know, I'm expecting my, my, uh, first son coming up here in April and the okay. wife and I were talking about what sports we would want our son to play. And we would encourage him to, you know, probably play the non impact sports, you know, like a golf, like a tennis, um, Maybe maybe even baseball, things that are more skilled and less physical. Um, be for the obvious reasons, you know, with the concussions in the football, with the bones breaking in basketball, we don't want that to be something that our son goes through. You know, for fun is one thing, but for to have your life on the line or your health on the line for achievement. Unless you're blessed, you know, you definitely want to do it and you're blessed with the physical attributes. It's really not something that we would want to encourage our son to do, you know. What what do you think about that? About for your kid? Um, yeah, I mean, looking at all the research right now, just having a, a person play football, just what the brain is vulnerable to. It's scary. Yeah. You know, but I don't know if my son came to me and asked, Daddy, let me play football. Will I deny him? Just straight up tell him, no, you're not going to play it? Yeah. I don't know. What's your thought? Would you tell him no? Or? Well, I had, um, so my, my little brother who recently graduated college, he played basketball. And for, for high school, he went to Oaks Christian. Um, which obviously has a premier program. They're nationally known. 
Uh, Will Smith sent his son there to play football. Wayne Gretzky sent his son there to play football. Joe Montana sent his son there to play football. So they're developing talent. Um, they've got players um, that are in Division One programs that are in the league. They got a um, wide receiver on the New York Jets right now. So it's a real deal program. Um, and he wanted to play football. Now, my brother is about my size, you know, not quite six feet, very slender. And he did not play Pop Warner. He did not play um, any organized tackle football and then wanted to jump into it in the ninth grade. Now, my parents were split on it, you know, whether or not to have him play football. And my thought was... Because you didn't play coming up, it's not a good idea to jump in and play with these kids who had been playing their whole life because the muscle memory of knowing how to take a hit, if, if that's such a thing, and technique of doing it right so you decrease your chance of injury. So for all those reasons, I discouraged him from playing and he ended up not playing, which I think was the right decision for him. Um, So in that situation, I feel like it's obvious to to not have them play. But when you, when you back up to their seven, eight, nine years old and they're wanting to get into it, that's where I don't know. I'm really torn on that. And I think it's a case by case basis. You know, if your kid, you know, your kid, so you have to trust that, you know what their physical limitations are and you know what the desires of their heart is going to be. The chances are so slim of getting to the NFL. I feel like that couldn't be the reason to let my young son put a helmet on and go tackle. But if that's what they wanted to do, and I think that they were physically built up enough to handle it, uh... Ugh, I guess I'd want to give them all the information and let them make an informed decision. But can an eight-year-old do that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think I would let anyone under 12 play football. Yeah. You do. Unless it's, you know, like, black. Right. So your daughter, uh, Grace Lynn, is four years old, right? Three years old. And I see on Facebook, you know, you have her doing a lot of fun, outdoor, um, physically engaging activities. Has she shown any um, interest in a particular sport yet? Um, we had her sign up for jiu-jitsu. Okay. Um, she enjoyed it, but I think we're just going to, for the first couple, I guess for the next couple years, we're just going to just rotate different sports once a season and see if anything really sticks where she has to, to keep her in. Gotcha. So just expose her to as many things as possible, basically, and let her make up her mind. Exactly, yeah. So I think this year we'll probably do soccer, maybe gymnastics. Yeah, and, 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 and it doesn't have to be just sports. She wants to do instruments or art or whatever. Whatever to keep her, 
you know, out of trouble and have a fun hobby. Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I agree with that philosophy. Um, I know that I played sports coming up and I played a couple instruments, but I didn't really stick with any one thing. And I'm glad that my parents didn't force me to, but at the same time, they did expose me to a lot of different things and and supported my decision whatever I wanted to do, um, whether it's play piano or play um, saxophone, play basketball, play soccer. So I think you're doing it right. I think you're doing it right. We're actually starting to play a little bit of poker, so. Oh, snap. I don't mind check raising. I don't mind check raising a four year old. Oh, you're a fool for that. <laughs> She's going to be hustling her uh, kindergartners out of their lunch money. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, alright, I'm going to give you $5. I want you to have $15 by the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> You you only double you only doubled this up. What what are you saying? What are you doing? <laughs> but uh, so so real talk. What do you? What is your advice for for me as a soon to be parent? Some words of wisdom that you can uh, impart. Um, I would say that you know, just to be calm, like. It's a weird feeling in the hospital. You have the nurses there, and they help out, you know, with breastfeeding and changing the diapers, and they're there. But then there comes a point where they're not there, and you're like, wow, this little thing is ours, and we got to take them home, and, like, so their whole world depends on you. Right. So it's, it could be overwhelming, but just, you know, stay calm, and you have a wife. You guys just, you know... Take one step at a time. Um, as far as crying at night, maybe you guys come up a schedule like you take care of him one night. Sorry. Right. The next night, she takes care of it. You know. Type of rotation. rotation. So okay. You, mm-hmm. So you, you guys can have some some good time to sleep by yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I know we get a lot of advice. They say, get get your rest while you can because you're not going to be getting it for many months to come. <laughs> yeah. It gets uh, it gets realer and realer every day. I mean, today we got one of those um, bouncy baby Einstein things. Um, somebody bought it off our registry and it got shipped to us. And uh, we're getting the nursery ready. So every little thing that we get or do just makes it more tangibly real like it's coming you know just in a few weeks a few short weeks um we got swaddle me it's like a little swaddle i guess blanket okay they call it velcro it makes it super easy to um get them wrapped up and put them to sleep okay i'm writing that down i would recommend like buying a yeah recommend buying a few of those and it's a blanket that has uh, Velcro on it. Mm-hmm. I heard something interesting about how, you know, like a onesies that has the arms in it, but you should get ones to where the arms are kind of tucked in and close to the okay. torso. 
I guess that mimics the feeling of being in the womb, um, which was something uh-huh. I'd never, never considered or thought of. Um, but you know, just to have the baby be as warm and comfortable as possible. Um, this whole experience has been like sex ed all over again in, in human biology 101. <laughs> you learn it when you're young, but then practical application uh, you don't get until you need to use it. So <laughs> it's it's a trip, dude. It's a trip. Oh, also practice your um, your route to the hospital all types of days. Ooh, okay. All types of times of the day. Yeah. So try it in the morning, try it in the afternoon, try it at night, try it at 3 a.m. Wow. You never know when the water breaks. Wow. You keep going, so practice it. Good call. Good call. And matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, we decided um, that we're going to deliver or try to deliver at a hospital that's about 45 minutes to an hour away. So we're not going to practice. Yeah. (laughs) How far was uh, your hospital from your house? Ours was about 15 minutes. Okay. It was like 15 miles, but if it's, say it's at 2 or 3 p.m., it could be closer to 45 to an hour. Rush hour is no joke. Nah, no joke. (laughs) And what time did you end up having to drive over? What time did the water break? Um, We went, we went like 4 a.m. She broke. And then my wife was feeling icky. I told her, just go to sleep. We'll, we'll do it in the morning. Yeah. But she she was persistent. <laughs> she was persistent, like, let's go now. So we went there. We ended up staying at the hospital for a good what, maybe 14 hours, 15 hours before she was born. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she was born at uh, 423. And we got to the hospital probably close to the midnight. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, they say yeah, the no, the first far. one the first one is usually a longer labor. Um so mm-hmm. when we were talking to the doctor about, you know, the drive and when the water breaks and stuff, they kind of pretty much said don't worry about the length of time it takes to get to the hospital cuz you will, you know, she will likely be in in labor for for 10 plus hours. So I mean, that kind of mm-hmm kind of freaked me out but i guess it's kind of a good thing <laughs> that we'll have time to yeah. get where we need to go mm-hmm. what was the most i guess surprising thing about the process that you were not prepared for or like that nobody told you well so my wife was pushing for quite a while and then um all of a sudden like my daughter's heart rate like dropped. Ooh. And then they had to bring all the doctors in and stuff, and they're like, "All right, we're just gonna, we're gonna um, do a C-section." Yeah. So that was pretty scary. Oh moment. my gosh. And yeah. she did have a, a C-section. Yeah, we were playing on it, but yeah, they're like, "No, we need to get her out. We just don't want, want anything to happen." Wow. That's gnarly. <laughs> Were, how were how were you at being calm in, in that moment? I was pretty calm. I'm always calm. Yeah, that's true. My 
my hair could be on fire over there. All right. <laughs> what I need to do right now. <laughs> but like, you know? uh, is it is it water or is it baking soda? I forget. Is <laughs> this a, a chemical fire or electrical fire? <laughs> oh man, that's intense. Well, appreciate the uh, the words of wisdom, brother. I'm sure you gotta got things to do. We'll catch the second half of this Warriors game. So will the Warriors lose this upcoming week? I got the uh, schedule in front of me. You want me to read the games to you? Okay, yeah. So obviously they lost to the Blazers um, last night in Portland. Uh, tonight they're in Los Angeles playing the Clippers. Uh, the game is on, but I don't know the score yet. I haven't checked. Uh, Monday they're playing in Atlanta versus the Hawks. Wednesday, they have the Heat uh, in Miami. Then a back-to-back Thursday, they're going to be in Orlando for the Magic, followed by Saturday in Oklahoma City versus the Thunder. So all road games this week. Pretty tricky schedule. Ooh, that Thunder game. Right? It's screaming at me, right? I think that might be a loss right there. All right, that's the prediction. That's true. And everybody is saying, all the brilliant sports minds are saying, you know, the the Cavaliers are good, the Spurs are good, but the Thunder has the mm-hmm. best chance of knocking off the Warriors uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I would. I would agree. They just match up the best, you know. The scoring of Westbrook and Durant, um, the tenacity of Westbrook, you know, his his style of just playing with abandon, 
And um, I've been watching as many Warriors games as I can. And it seems like that one game where um, James Harden and the Rockets, pace-wise, they seem like they could hang the best. But they don't they can't close and they don't have a fourth quarter unit that can you know go down to the wire so if they're not up by 20 i don't think they have a chance whereas the thunder they can go blow for blow you know and um they actually you know the trade deadline was kind of um un, uh, non-climactic this year um but the thunder got Randy uh-huh. Foy they added that piece um, so what do you what do you think about that addition, and do you think it will give them a better chance of taking out the Warriors if they meet up in the playoffs? Uh, I like that. I mean, it gives Russell Westbrook a few more minutes to sit out. Right. Okay. You know, so he's going to need those legs, and I think it's good for him. Yeah. Really good. And who did they they got rid of? Uh, DJ Augustine was it? I believe so. Yeah, so they're getting more stability, uh, more of a veteran look in the backcourt. Uh, he's more sturdy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a bigger dude, so he can he can take more contact down below. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. So that's your prediction that the Warriors will lose uh, at least one game this week against the Thunder. Yes. So they're on the road starting Monday through Saturday. Yeah, yep. Hawks, Hawks Monday, Heat Wednesday, Magic Thursday, um, su- Sunday, or Saturday they got the Thunder. Okay, so they'll probably travel tomorrow, right? So travel tomorrow. Yeah. Or tonight. And they'll be on the road for a good week. Yep. Yeah. That's quite I a... like this. This week they're going to lose again. Another <laughs> quite a test. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah, if you guys uh, disagree or want to pick a different game, um, holler at us on Twitter, uh, leave a note on SoundCloud, and, uh, yeah, get at us. Um, any other yeah, final, final thoughts before we bounce? Uh, send me your registry. Okay. You ain't got to tell me twice. <laughs> Alright buddy Well I appreciate you um, Send my love to the wife and the daughter And uh, I'll talk to you next week And we out of here Alright sounds good All Yo right, what happened to peace 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 Cheap, motherfucker!